You're about to watch a great interview on TYT interviews. If you wanna watch them live, members are the only ones who get to do that. TYTnetwork.com slash join, become a member, enjoy the interviews as they happen. Hey TYT, this is Nomi Konst, we are here in New York. Uh, you, I'm sure, have heard about the rising rates of PTSD in this country uh, in light of <laughs> the many veterans who have come home and have not received adequate support um, as a result of the several conflicts that we've been in in wars over the last uh, two decades or three decades, I guess. Uh, our guest, Afraz Mohammed, was a is a U.S. Marine. He was a member of the detail at the inauguration of George W. Bush, the security detail, and he experienced some unusual or not well-reported uh, incidents in the early 2000s that uh, led to his interrogation. Uh, they thought he was a terrorist. They accused him of being a terrorist. He went before a uh, the military courts, was found not guilty, uh, was honorably discharged from the U.S. Marine Corps, and as a result, over the past decade, um, more than a decade, he has been surveyed by the U.S. government and continues to uh, face, in, in, in really, you're having horrible experiences with the government since then, um, and your family, we now hear, is as well. So, Afras, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So let's let's go back um, a little bit. You know, you're you're from Trinidad. You moved here uh, to to Newark, New Jersey, when you were five years old. You're an American citizen. You joined the Marine Corps. You are a proud Marine. You you worked at the inauguration, protecting the president. Where did it go wrong from there? It went wrong, I guess, being a Muslim. Mm. That's where it went wrong. I mean, I purchased a weapon from another Marine, which is. It's normal, mm -hmm. especially in 2002. Um, you know, we sell stuff to one another, and Virginia is not illegal. And they said I was getting the weapon to kill Marines. So I read this article in um, a newspaper in Newark uh, that came out a couple of months ago that described this incident. And what I thought was very revealing about it was that you. You said no. <laughs> they, they asked you to come out to the, the driveway, was it, and to go to this, at Quantico uh, and, and go to the car. And, he, and the Marine you know, tried to sell you the weapon, and you said no, and then kept negotiating and pushing. You kept saying no. And then finally, it went down to a number. You said, OK, fine. Right. But you weren't seeking a weapon. No. Why, why would they do this? Well, pretty much you know, after 9-11, they uh, wanted to uh, show America that all Muslims are terrorists. Pretty much, they said I was behind the enemy lines with my uh, special details. I used to drive for the sergeant major and the general from Marine Corps University okay. at Quantico, Virginia. These details are very hard to get for regular Marines. Um, then I got chosen for the drive in inauguration when Bush got inaugurated in 2000. Mm -hmm. I drove congressmen, senators, and special dignitaries from around the world. The Marine, his job was to go ahead and set me up because he was being court-martialed at the time I did not know. So they used him to go after me and trying to paint a picture that I was behind the enemy line. It sounds like an episode of Homeland. Yes. I, I, there's really no other way of saying it. This is in 2002, yes. soon after 9-11, mm -hmm. they weren't just picking, I mean, Muslims literally off the street. I mean, your last name is Mohammed. It's a very common name. Yes. They were seeking those who were protecting our own U.S. citizens, I mean, it's our, our own government officials. 
I, this just sounds so crazy to me that they would come up with such an elaborate scheme. So, so what happened next after? Pretty much I was interrogated for about three hours after, well, they arrested me, um, threw me on the ground, stomped on me. Um, guns, I have pictures with guns to my head. Machine guns. Machine guns at my head. I thought I was going to Guantanamo Bay. Uh, the question that they was asking me and things like that, they didn't ask me nothing about the weapon. Mm. It was all about my, what mosque I go to, what organization I belong to, give me some names. Uh, this will help you in the long run. So from there, they took me for interrogation for about three hours at NCIS building in Quantico. I was uh, interrogated for hours. About what, is that, what does that appear? I mean, in real life, we see it on TV, but what is... It's not a place the average person want to be in. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, they, 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 um, it's open, open doors for them. They can do whatever. Mm -hmm. They can take your rights away, strip you, brutally, mentally, physically abuse you mm -hmm. in NCIS. Um, and at times they can also torture you. So I, I was explaining the situation about, you know, the Marine is the one that came and kept on coming towards me, you know. So it wasn't like I went out there out of my way to, to ask for a weapon or, or even pursue to get a and weapon. you knew him. And I knew him because I was stationed with him. He was in the same company with me. Mm. So um, they was interrogating me and, you know, they said anytime during the interrogation you can ask for a lawyer. So I said, you know what, I did nothing wrong, I'm going to speak. So every time they would ask me questions, they will do the typing themselves. So they came up with um, a statement mm -hmm. from me that I said and they wrote. So every time he would print it out and said, initial at the beginning and the end of every sentence that is true. So I initial some of them, and then some of them I said, no, I didn't say that, remove that, no, I didn't say that. So after the third one, I didn't give in when it says I wanted a fully automatic weapon. He did not like that. I said, I'm not initially. I did not want no weapon like that. So he said, don't worry. Um, I was about, and then after I said, um, I would like a lawyer because he was demanding that I initial this. He snatched the paper and said, don't worry about it. It's too late. You're going with those guys. I was shocked. And also during the, the trial, when he repeated that, um, Agent McMain, uh, NCIS, he repeated what, he, what I just now said in trial. And the judge said, what do you mean? You told Corporal Muhammad at the time, mm -hmm. don't worry about that. That's his life, that's his future. He should worry about that. So she didn't like to answer mm. what the agent did to me. So you, you ended up going to trial um, how many years later? How long? About a, almost a year. And after NCIS, they told me to go with those guys. So I went to Alexandria County Jail. A lot of people don't know, Alexandria County Jail is like the Cuba of America. That's where a lot of Muslim suspects are held. Um, it's a detention center. I was in jail with John Muhammad, Musawi, the shoe bomber, the pamper bomber. I was in uniform, active duty Marine. And last time I checked the protocol and everybody was shocked about this, if a Marine did a crime, he goes to the brig. The judge even asked during the trial, why did Muhammad go to Alexandria County Jail? Every, no comment. How everybody. Long were you there? I was there for a day and a half. Oh, that's it. Okay. That, that is like years in certain people's mind. That's where I was mentally and physically abused, mm -hmm. given pork sandwich, no bed, no lawyer, no water, no medical assistance. And other things happened to me there. I'm, I'm getting the courage to go ahead and, uh, you know, come out and say what happened. But the majority of the thing is you shouldn't torture m Marines mm -hmm. in our own country. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what people who capture enemies do to them. 
I didn't know I was an enemy to this country. So this is all happening very quickly, and it's 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 happening at a time in our country where, uh, you know, we, the, you look back and there's this fog of war. There's also this fear, the fog of fear. Yes. There's so much fear being projected on the country, uh, probably not unlike today, and. You know, these stories didn't get out until much, much later when, you know, it's too late to, to prevent it from happening again. But, you know, we're having this conversation about torture again with a new CIA director, Haskell, who oversaw torture in the States. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, all these stories are popping up again. And I think that's why it's really important that you come out and tell your story because here we are, you know, 18, 15, 16 years later after 9-11 and we haven't learned our lessons. We haven't even come close to learning our lesson, lessons. It's just been sort of suppressed. Um, you were cleared. Yes. You uh, were honorably discharged. The, the court of law ended up siding with you in a situation that you should have never been put through. Yes. But then they started following you around. Anytime you decide to execute your rights in this country, or numerous of country, um, they got to make sure, you know, find something on you, especially if you stood up to the system. Mm. Um, you know, many people don't get past the system. Many people don't have time to go against the system. So majority of people take the plea deal. I decide to stand up for my rights, what the Marine Corps taught me, and um, defend myself. And they don't like that. So I currently have been followed. I have been prosecuted. I have been harassed, discriminated, profiled, you name it. I've been going through this for years. So give us some examples of, of how it started. I noticed it when I got out the Marine Corps. You know, people follow you. You know, you have a sense of human, the, the, the training that you have, you can pay attention. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll see people get out the car, certain people looking at you, following you. I already knew this was going to happen because, you know, this is what is done. Then they started getting bold recently, these agents and law enforcements. And in 2009, March 16, 2009, I went to the VA hospital for uh, treatment, uh, for physical and mental treatment. Um, I checked in. I was told the, uh, the walk-in clinic don't close until 4 o'clock. When I checked in and they said, hey, we have another patient, Muhammad. The nurse and the doctor said, tell them we are closed. I've seen other mm -hmm. veterans in the waiting room, specifically Caucasian veterans, mm -hmm. And the door was open. This is not private practice. You can't close whenever you feel like. Right. The government gives you specific time and day, what you have to be there and when you leave. Um, I challenged them because, like I said, I am tired of getting abused. Mm -hmm. And I said, excuse me, you're not closed. I called here and you guys said, come before 4 o'clock. I got there at 310. When I was talking to the people and let them know that this is wrong, they called the cops, the VA police on me. The VA police came, they arrested me, I identified myself, I said, can you please get my therapist? I have PTSD, and um, I am, you know, I have, my, my PTSD is triggered with law enforcement mm. of my past experience. They was like, no, no, no. I was like, excuse me, I have PTSD. Once you identify that, the cops has to, by law, has to leave you alone. Mm. And they're supposed to call the crisis team that is on standby at the VA. Right. They did not do that. They wanted to push my buttons and provoke me because I stood up mm. to the system. Mm -hmm. um, they gave me a ticket for disorderly conduct. Um, on the ticket, every, the, the VA and everybody said, nothing is wrong with this picture. They put my ethnicity as, you want to take a guess? Arab. Okay. I'm from Trinidad. 
the VA, a federal police, put my ethnicity as Arab. Mm. Everybody said nothing wrong with that. The VA said nothing is wrong with that. I said, wow. I said, so again, you did not profile me or discriminate against me? No, we did not. My therapist was never notified. I was not given medical treatment, and I was also kicked out the VA. I was given a ticket for disorderly conduct. I went to the, the, the court. I had a trial. Three times I went there. They, a third time, they finally dismissed it. The judge on record also said, is this the person that's allergic to blue? What does that mean? Meaning I'm allergic to law enforcement. Cops was blue. So he was making fun of my mental illness in the courtroom in front of other people. You know, also currently an uh, investigation was conducted by the VA hospital in, for this incident, for denying medical treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, they came back and said um, the, the, the staff did not do anything wrong. I went to CBI, I forgot what it stands for. I went to an organization that's part of the, the VA. Um, they currently have an investigation opened up and the investigation has been one-sided mm -hmm. by Cynthia Pride who works for the VA and the VA has been trying to cover up this matter mm -hmm. because they don't want people to really know the truth how veterans are being treated. Well now they're cutting funding and, and they're trying to privatize the VA. I mean, have, have you, it might be too soon to know, but since the Trump administration, have you sensed an escalation of how uh, you're treated? Trump got here, nothing really changed, it just got worse. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been going through it for so long, I can't really say, you know, but I'm, I've been hearing story and I hear from other Muslims now that things are getting worse. And regular Americans, you know, other vets has issues too. They complain about the system. So you've gone through these, uh, this treatment over the last, you know, two decades and reporters have reported on it. Mm -hmm. um, there's been public pressure, you know, put out there uh -huh. and you'd think that there would be a reaction that they would, that the government would try to amend these circumstances. When you speak with lawyers, what do they tell you? Pretty much the lawyer won't give me the time. They don't listen to me because before the article came out, you know, they would think that I was making stuff up because of the PTSD and they never heard a story like this. And not a lot of people, I don't know, wants to go against the government. You went to elected officials. Can we talk yes. about um, Congressman Moulton? And yes, well, Congressman Moulton was uh, running for Congress in Massachusetts mm -hmm. in 2014. I contacted his campaign, which is online, and he picked up the phone and I said, hey, my name is Sergeant Muhammad. I'm a retired Marine. Um, I'm looking for some assistance and help. I was accused of being a terrorist, and that's all he heard, terrorist. He hanged up the phone, he called the state police, and the state police called the FBI agent who has been, you know, the one who's been in charge of uh, tracking me. He contacted me and said, are you making threats to uh, his campaign? Because I guess he heard terrorists. Mm -hmm. And he assumed that I was making threats to his campaign and I was interrogated again. Uh, they was checking, they checked up on, the FBI checked up on me. Um, he called my therapist, he spoke to my therapist, wanted to know where my mind was at, what I'm up to, how am I doing. Mm -hmm. They just improved my Hitler rights and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like I didn't give them permission, nobody gave them permission, but they feel they could do whatever they want. And because, you know, nobody's listening, nobody's doing anything, because I don't have a support backing me. So that was 2014. Um, you had reached out to your elected officials in New Jersey, yes. uh, Senator... Oh yes, I, I, I contacted Senator Bob Mendez. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's 
all about helping the minorities. You know, he know what it is for to feel a, to be a minority, mm -hmm. and from Union City and things like that. So, and he 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 even stated that the government, the FBI, and the government was out to get him. Mm -hmm. So I figured he was a good candidate, a good politician that could relate to me about me and him have a lot of similarities. We are minorities. The FBI is out to get us. The government. So I could ask him for some support. Um, pretty much they did not want to help me. Um, I contacted them numerous of times. They did not help me. Um, I recently contacted them last year again. And um, I asked him, what was the reason why Mendez, Senator Mendez don't want to meet with me? He said, he don't meet with everybody in New Jersey. I said, I'm not everybody in New Jersey. I'm a disabled vet. Mm -hmm. They said, I understand that. So they, they left it like that and said, he can't meet with me. Um, two days later, he was on TV um, assisting and helping a Mexican grandfather mm -hmm. who had immigration problems. I contacted him again. I said, he can't meet with everybody, but he was helping this Mexican grandfather. Mm -hmm. I am a Marine. Right. He cannot meet with me. So after I kept on being persistent, they called the Capitol Police, and they told the Capitol Police that I made threats to them. You did find an elected official who's helping you out. Can you tell us about how that yes. happened? Yes. Um, Congressman... Lance, he's, his office has been helping me to acquire what happened to me during the, my, my captivity mm -hmm. in Alexandria County Jail. Okay. Unfortunately, um, the Marine Corps just recently sent a statement to him, said, we don't have nothing to do with Sergeant Muhammad cap captivity. The Marines clean, they, they wash their hands. They said, you need to contact NCIS and ATF as they're the ones who had this Marine capture. That made me say, thank God somebody is, you know, acknowledging the captivity. Because, like I said, I shouldn't be in uniform captured against my will. ATF and NCIS has been playing this long back and forth game with the congressman office for about a year plus now. They said that I need to contact, we need to contact DOJ. So DOJ got involved, they, ATF submitted a six-page uh, report about what happened during the arrest and after arrest. Four documents was redacted and two of them were submitted. The two that was submitted was describing the weapon that I have. That didn't have nothing to do with what we asked for. We asked what was done to me, what was the, we, we, we asking what caused, what, caused this to come after me on active duty mm -hmm. on Marine Corps base facility. Right. What was the probable cause? Right. What is the standard, the SOP, standard operation procedure? They don't, they, re, they remove all that information. They don't want to give that up. Since then, and, and now that you're going, you know, you're trying to figure out what happened to you, um, what's the state of your life like? Well, it's still, it's still very hectic. It's very challenging. It's very, at times, sad, mm -hmm. you know. It, it could be depressing that, you know, I served my country and this is what they're doing to me in this country that I was willing to die for. And, um, you know, now it's, it's, it's gotten so worse that since the article from the Union County came out March 2017, a month later I have been visited by Homeland Security. Um, the detective left her card, Detective Nas left her card, and on the card she put, I would like to talk to you about your lost military ID. I looked on the website, Homeland Secu New Jersey Homeland Security. They don't go after, they don't 
they don't talk to veterans or military members, especially with lost ID. They specifically target terrorists. They website, advertise, they mission, go after terrorists. I contacted the, off, the detective and I said, excuse me, why did you come to my house? Mm -hmm. She said, I just want to ask you about your military ID that you lost. I said, I reported to Springfield Police Department and I already went to Fort Dix and got my ID. I said, what is the reason you came to my house? You don't go after, you don't go after veterans who lose their ID. I sent her an email a couple of months ago. She refused to answer the questions I asked her. I sent her twice. She said, I've been, out of the, I've been out in the field. If you want, you can call me. From there, uh, after that, I was visited by, um, after that, a uh, month later, I was also featured in a magazine called PTSD Journal. So I'm starting to be heard now. Mm -hmm. So that's not a good sign for people who've been targeting me, like law enforcement and agents. Um, I was contacted, I was visited by Union County Sheriff Department. They came to my rental office, the headquarter rental office and the regular rental office, and they said that how I was, um, they, wanted, they had a warrant for me. So the, 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 the females that worked there was like, can you show us the warrant? Right. They said, uh, we have to go back to the office and get it. <laughs> and did they come back? They never came back. So it's, it's a scare tactic that they've been trying to push my to buttons. Silence you. To silence me, yes. to provoke me, to push my buttons, to paint the picture that they always try to paint on me, that I am a sleeping cell slash terrorist. They were, they're hoping that I flip out. They're hoping that I become angry at the world and, and, and you know, hurt innocent people. That's what they're hoping. So they can go ahead and say, we told you guys, you felt for it. He, he brought you in to your, you felt sorry for him and look what he did. But they're not gonna tell America and the world what they have been doing to provoke me and push me and, and, and damage me. And one thing you, you said before we went on camera was that you know, you're disappointed in the government, but you're a Marine. And tell us about your thoughts on, on being an American, but also a Marine. One thing uh, that I am guaranteed to die is a Marine. You know, I'm not guaranteed to stay a Muslim or die as American, but one thing they can never take from me is me being a Marine. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story. It's, it's one that people should be listening to and paying attention to. Uh, you don't get covered in you know, the major news headlines of the day. Um, so this is very important, especially in these moments as we're uh, facing you know, some very scary situations um, domestically and abroad. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. If you like the interview that you just watched, I got great news for you. If you become a Young Turks member, you can watch them live as they happen. Only the members get that. You also get Young Turks live. You also get Aggressive Progressive live and Old School live. Everything is available for the members and commercial free. tytnetwork.com slash join.